Yo, 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 welcome to another round of In the House. We have a very special guest, Mr. Spex Thompson, owner of Spex Vision, creator of the incredible series Legacy of the View. And, and you guys are in for a special treat. Very, very talented uh, man. Uh, welcome, welcome, Spex Thompson. Uh, well, thank you, man. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, we have a lot to get into. I think our audience will learn a lot uh, from our conversation. So before we get into the to the meat of it, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, first, I'm Curtis Specs Thompson. You know, the creator of the Legacy of View. Um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm from Augusta, Georgia, which is two hours away from Atlanta. Um, you know, I um, I come from the music industry. You know, I was I'm, I've been a DJ and I've done some marketing and some other behind-the-scenes stuff in the music industry with with known artists and um, independent. Um, I've been in the comic book game for three years now. I started writing Legacy to the View in um, 2018. And, and I've been doing it ever since. I got three books out now. Um, and got current kids started running going right now that showed me there's the demand and interest in my book and my story so after this interview you would definitely be seeing a lot more for me uh visually for my comic book world um and that's about it awesome awesome so uh you know let, let's get right into it we we uh you know we we talk about indie comics art writing and you know, first off, tell me, are are you the writer or the uh, artist or both for Legacy of the View? I'm the writer and creator. Um, all the characters and concepts I basically made myself, uh, but I'm not a competent artist, so I have hired an artist to help me out on this journey. Uh, and then Yusuf, uh, he's he's done the the artwork on all three books so far, but um, I am the writer and creator of Legacy of the View. Awesome, awesome. I, I I tend to talk a little bit, of, uh, a lot about you know how finding a good artist, the cap collaboration between writers and artists is just, just you know, I don't I don't want to say superior, but just a very efficient way to create good content. So, can you tell me a little bit about your your writing process and how you you know came up with your idea and and you know just just kind of yourself a little bit, the writer Specs Thompson. Um, well, I came up with my idea from, uh, uh, you know, like being a kid, you see the TV shows on, on TV and you like, yeah, I can make my own, uh, Dragon Ball Z character. I can make my own, uh, uh, uh Thundercat. I can make my own, you know, Star Wars character, you know, it's just like that. And I decided to make plenty of characters, but ones that, um, that stuck out to me was, uh, The View and his friend Warren. Um, they were X-Men characters. They was like the third class I, I see of X-Men, like the class as a Jubilee. And um, the view himself was uh, based off of Gambit and Forge. It's because uh, uh, the view has the power of, uh, of, of uh, creation. And, you know, Forge can create anything, any kind of technical, mechanical things. So that's what the idea came from. And that was high school. That's at least... 15 maybe 18 years ago so um 
footling recently how I came to this process just talking to my fiance about it what I used to do and, and she just pushed me to get back to it and so now the view is based off of Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles and Kyle Rayner from the Green Lantern and um and that's about it you know everything else is like little nitpicks from here and there different stories and genres that I just blend together to make my book awesome it, but my, uh, it, my it, it is pretty awesome. Yeah. So t- I, I do want want you to tell the, the book and the visuals are awesome. I, I, I definitely want to get into that because I, I I looked at your stuff, man. It's just like, bam, like popping off the page, man. It's like, you know, really cool. Um, but I wanted to ask you, because uh, uh, you're saying from the music industry and uh, I'm seeing a lot of people get into writing, you know, from other disciplines. Right. Not not so much people that that have degrees in literature or something like that and you're saying you're from the music industry so tell me how you got into like the writing aspect of it uh well you know i've been writing like same way about making the characters drawing the characters i've been writing forever i think i was good in language arts you know i never had no no issue with language arts um but the writing part uh it's just easy it's I guess I'm writing essays in college and, and do whatever. It's just easy for me to write, you know, write, stay on top of it, write fluff on it and everything. So uh, if I know what I'm write, writing about, I just go, go, go. And with The View, it was uh, just taking an old concept and just want to make stories. And basically, I just took, I looked at certain tropes that's out there and certain things that I wanted to imply in my book and just wrote about it. So, like, at this point right now, I got 25 issues already written and ready to go to be drawn, and I pl- got up to 100 plans. And with that plan, I got my my uh, climax, rising to action, conclusion, following action, all that stuff written for each issue. I just got to write the stuff in between. So, like, uh, writing press has been very easy for me, and uh, I've been doing outlines and all that stuff for you to draw. It's been easy as well, because... Uh, in the music industry, you know, you deal with music videos, so I'm um, I'm accustomed to uh, uh, screen treatments, you know, video treatments, stuff like that. So I write my outlines like that, so it's easy for him to draw. So I said, camera should be facing this way, looking this way, the point of focus should be on this person, and he'll draw it that way. What makes the, the panels pop more than somebody who's just saying, Oh, I want this guy running at this guy with his sword, and, and the other guy jumping in the air. That's very vague, but when I write, I'm very specific how it should look, and it comes out better. Mm-hmm. Well, man, that, that's 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 very cool. I think, uh, I said, I think a lot of people you know, are are dabbling in other industries, and and like you were saying, you have skills to draw upon that you bring into the into your creative process. So tell me a little bit more about the book. What's happening? Who are the characters? What is the world? Because I, you know, visually, it just definitely something you want to read or watch you know <laughs> you know almost like it should definitely be you know a cartoon or a movie or something like that so you know give 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 the people a little bit more about what's happening in legacy of the view um the legacy of the view um the world the world is uh just like our world you know but uh, a couple of different things that's majorly different and uh one thing is people has powers you know you know, I'm talking as a thing. Then after that, it is the uh, it's Tate Hills in Georgia. Uh, yes, it sounds something like I'm saying Georgia, but it's really Georgia. It's spelled J A W A G A. 
And uh, that's if Georgia never split up into the other states. So in this world, Georgia's like a big state, like California, Texas, uh, uh, Alaska, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, parts of Tennessee, are still together as one huge state if it never broke up. That's because uh, I draw from the Southern elements um, in my book because I say that comic books don't really have that down south feel to it, down south stuff, unless it's like some racist. So um, I incorporate that in my book. And so you got all that mixture of different cultures I'm, I'm putting in my story as I go along. And um, that's the world. And basically, the legacy review is about a high school teenager named Chaz Johnson who's been dubbed by the community as the view. And just like any other teenager, you know, you like making dance videos, playing video games, hanging out with his friends, you know, all that goes to playing sports. But um, like I said previously, he's been cursed basically with the power of creation. And with that power, he can create items out of thin air that typically last one minute. But in order for him to create them items, he has to know about items. So, like, he can make a car pop up, you know, it'll pop up, you know, it'll look like a car, like a Maserati, whatever. But he won't drive like a Maserati because he don't know about the engine and how the wheel and axle work because, you know, that's not his field of expertise. You know, he'll not not mechanic. You know, he's a he's a high school kid. So, uh, stuff he could make is like a baseball bat. He's a baseball player. You know, the ins and out of that baseball bat. So, it'll be nice, strong, sturdy, you know, the volume, you create, in the seat, all that stuff. It won't be a flimsy or flop. So uh, with those powers, he has stopped forces called the How, which you want to use the human race as a prone, which is a, is a toxin or a chemical your body makes through fear. So they try to use um, fear tactics and torture and stuff on humans so they can get stronger through that through that uh, that chemical, which you can take them uh, take uh, they take over somebody's body, which can take that person from looking like an average person to the size of the hook, depending on how much power they build up. And there are other heroes, like I say, it's powers in this world that can fight the Howl. And Chaz, being a reluctant hero, don't have to do anything. But his powers make him do it the best way. But he's so reluctant because in this world, powers are uh, viewed as weapons. You know, we take out a gun and shoot it, the cops will be on us. Mm. But, but in this world, you know, the villains got powers. They should get power to do whatever and kill who, whoever they want. And they're villains, they don't care. But heroes... They got that code that you know, they can't kill people. So the, vill- the villains always take advantage of that, you know. Heroes die every day, you know. So, you know, just that concept of don't be a hero, you know, because you might die. Chance don't want to do that. But he's always pushed to go in that lane every now and then. And um, one key thing I left out is uh, he's a musical engineer uh, at his uncle's recording studio. Uh, that's his way he wants to, you know, go to where he grows on the music music of feel as an engineer which is the guy in the studio who you know makes the the song sound great when somebody's recording and um i use that aspect of that world to put in parts of my my life my experience in the book as well because i come from the music industry so i can put in different lingo different behind the scenes things that people don't know most people don't know the engineer does the hard work people think the producer does but a producer just makes the beat so the engineer is really the, the 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 guy in the chair, you know, <laughs> that makes everything happen in the um in the song and the studio. Wow, so that's why I chose to make that his career. 
That's that's real deep, man. From the from the southern element to the you know the way you expanded Georgia to, to incorporate, uh, uh, you know the the South as a as a culture, and in a positive you know in a positive and a real interesting light. I think that 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 concept of of you know the reluctant hero and and you know people of color putting themselves out there as the hero and and really the risk the risk involved in it. Uh, even in in terms of fighting good, right? You know, just just association with of power, you know, as as something that we have to contend with, not just in its positives, but that you know, in its negatives. I think that's real deep and interesting, man. So that the legacy of the view, I'm 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 definitely going to be me looking for more issues. I really I really am interested in the way you have the the whole issues planned out, right? You know, a lot of, a lot of people write issue by issue, or you know. They, you know, they get they get stuck on a on a certain, you know, uh, uh, you know, aspect of the creative process, like right as they're producing the 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 book or the, you know, the series. And, and you have this 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 nice listing of what's going to happen next. So I, I think that's really cool and something that, that a lot of writers and creators can really benefit from. Uh, uh, so, you know, so that you just give it to your artist and you work you know, right to the next to the next thing. But um, I actually want one to kind of talk about that and your experience in indie publishing. You said you're on your third book. Kind of tell me a little bit about your process, not just creating Legacy of the View, but getting into the actual publishing and into the into the market of it. Well, uh, you know, besides, you know, writing everything, it was uh, trying to find an artist, you know, uh, know my prices and, and different stuff. Like a lot of people would try you on prices, even now, I, I'm having a hiccup about prices because um, two of my artists is working on uh, two of my other, you know, uh, series I have going on. Their prices unchanged while I'm working with uh, I don't know if they're seeing what I'm doing or on my Facebook page too much. Assume I am something that I'm more that I, I, I I'm not, and going to suit their prices up or what. I don't know what's going on, but you know. Prices is a thing about these artists. You uh, has been great, you know, um, but the other artists they they seem want to charge more for their artwork. You know, I'm not putting nobody work down or anything like that. But like, I feel like if you're nice, if you're not sitting at Mars Nobles right now, if you're not sitting in a museum right now, anything like that, you should be charged these outrageous prices. You like, cool, your work might look like Jeff Lee stuff, but it's not Jim Lee, you know. I can get I can get somebody right now on the on the on the track and sell like Michael Jackson, but he's not Michael Jackson. He's not gonna get Michael Jackson money, you know. So like that's how I feel. Like coming in there, like people is charging me these outrageous prices, and and they don't have a, a a book out right now or a solid foundation. Like one guy in particular, I don't want to say his name or anything about him, but like I would follow him on Instagram. And I reached out to him to be my artist day, like his artwork, you know, he did great. And he charged me like he was gonna charge me like one fifty a page. I'm like, whoa, I'm like what what is this? And you you did you just made pictures of of uh Instagram models and turned you know, superhero characters, manga characters, stuff like that. Like it's crazy. But now we're sitting in the same level doing stuff and saying things and he's working hard but his stuff is like I am, like dang. It could have been a team doing this together, but you charge me these outrageous prices. But you know, it's funny like that. And um, 
once I learned the game and price or whatever, and I and I found Yusef through one of my uh, uh friends who uh got comic book going on. I asked him questions. He introduced me to Yusef because Yusef was working on his his book, um, Homeless Homeboy, and um been rocking with Yusef for three years now, and, that, and that's been one part of it. And um, there's other members in the team you would need. You needed a letter and an editor. I didn't have that from the first book, and it. Uh, if you're an avid combo reader, I guess you can tell. But somebody else who don't read combos like that, they can't tell. But it's definitely there. Now, I didn't have it, and it shows. And then I end up finding a letter editor, um, Lonzo Star. Um, and he's been doing it for the last two issues, and it makes a world of difference about word placement, how the words look on the page, and the colors they use. So that it made a world of difference. That made issue two pop out more issue one even though issue one is still good but it just just came out way better having a letter editor who look over the placement of the words and what words you use i use too many words not enough words stuff like that and it really helped so most people may be trying to x out certain things like i did and it may hurt their book or try to go the cheap route and it hurt their book as well or just don't know the game and get hurt by these prices like i almost did but you know i knew better but uh it started things like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, you know, I, I've talked about about that in some of my earlier episodes on how important it is to have a good team and the process of building a good team. You know, Royal House Comics. Uh, you know, my my com- our company. Uh, we have several writers, several artists. Uh, we we share. Uh, we share the workload. We share the risk. We share. Uh, the rewards and that's kind of that's kind of the model uh the share process so it seems like you've built a nice a nice group of people you trust and and can work with on a long-term basis so the the product has definitely benefited because you know just what i was presented with when i saw your your work is just like i said it's really cool from from a a writing standpoint and which you could tell you can see right through even if the art is cool and you read a book you can tell that, you know, this something's lacking. So there was this real complete production uh, when I when I looked through Legacy of the View. So so you know that your your process and your definitely your experience and you know learning uh, uh, is is visible on the pages. So tell me a little bit now that you, you have a good book and a good series running, uh, tell me a little bit about how you guys are gaining a following, you know, your marketing process, how are you getting this good content out? Um, at first, you know, I just was sharing it, just be sharing it, you know, and just people see they cool. If you don't see it, they're cool and doing it that way. But, um, second book, I started, you know, popping up with hashtags and changing like certain panels to uh, say certain things. Like, uh, it was a panel with, um, uh, Chad Spotter was talking to him and his um, siblings, and I changed the captions on it. Just so he talking about uh, by them putting a mask on it, and and um, before they go outside or going somewhere, if they don't, if they don't do that, it would catch, it would, the only thing around um, Corona won't be the only thing they be catching. They be catching the, uh, my ass with me, you know, because <laughs> they don't do it. Just things like that to make it better, and. Uh, uh, another one at the time I used that uh, I changed some stuff up was uh, um, Chaz sings or do little lyrics here and there in the book 
and it was a time when um it was a versus against uh Gucci Mane and Jeezy, and in the book, Chad's singing a, a a Gucci Mane song, which was like it's not really a a a, a, a industry hit that you know everybody know, but if you're a fan of Gucci Mane or from down south, you may know the song. It's just a little lyric right in the in the book. And I post that up like real Gucci fans, the Gucci Man fans know what song is this. And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's that kick, kick, kick the door song. That's that kick the door song. So like, I uh, was targeting on marketing that way. Then with this third book, I did more. I was going out to uh, reaching out to different uh, creators, uh, podcasts, you know, to try to get a fan base that I wasn't tapping into. I wasn't tapping into the the indie market. I was just trying to get fans of my own, but. I wasn't hitting the indie market, and here I am, you know, <laughs> on your podcast because of that. Because uh, I wasn't doing that, I was. I guess I was missing a a whole fan base that I need to tap into because there'd be fans of the indie market, and not just popular media. I, I would say. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think uh, you know my you know my audience, you know, they benefit from from you know hearing about your your process and hearing about your experience and. And would definitely, you know, many of them would be interested in reading your book. And, uh, you know, this, the same way, you know, you, you grow those those uh, relationships and, you know, the sharing of of indie of the indie market. Right. People, you know, the creators and the fans, the readers, the writers, they're in the market, but they're also the biggest fans of the market. You know, so so your other creators are the ones that that buy your books and read your books and share your content and, and to their uh, following and, and vice versa so you get this this shared space that's growing organically through through interaction which i think is is really cool that you're you're you're, you're going that route so so you know the marketing I, I really like that idea of kind of dropping those those real realisms and and these things that are happening in the real world into your comic world uh I, i've talked a little bit about that and how rich that can be for for create you know for creation um and you were telling me earlier before we came on about about Kickstarters, and this is a huge thing. It was crowdfunding, Indiegogo, Kickstarter, uh, uh, you know, like kind of like the, the the creative, you know, higher level like GoFundMe page for you know pr- you know producing you know producing something uh, that's meant for, to go out for the market. So you said that you've had a you you've just run a successful Kickstarter that you've learned a little bit about that. I think a lot of my listeners are you know, getting into that, they're, you know, they're, they're either, you know, running successful Kickstarters or trying to figure out how to do it. Can you tell me a little bit about your crowdfunding experience running Kickstarters and how you, you just ran a successful one? Okay. My, um, my first, my first thing, jumping in crowdfunding was through Indiegogo. Cause you know, they give you the money, you know, the fastest and, you know, they just get, you, uh, you get the money regardless. You know, through uh, Indiegogo, you know, you make a goal, you don't make a goal, you get money. So I decided to go to Indiegogo. Um, I broke even, you know. Uh, it's mostly the friends and family, me jumping in, everybody inbox, and say, hey, I got a comic book, you know, and then come back like a week later, say, hey, G click the link, hey, you can support me. And I got about, about 50 people, you know, support me, you know, help me break even on the first book. I didn't reach my goal. I can't remember what it was. Whatever it was, I didn't make it. But profit-wise, I broke even in about money I spent on a book. So 
with that same concept, I seen everybody making money off of Kickstarter, and that was like the 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 norm way to go besides Indiegogo. There's other things going on Indiegogo and the combo world and whatever. So I decided to go with uh, Kickstarter and doing the same method, and I did the first time, and I assumed uh, people would just go to it because I posted it because they supported the first one and see the second one like okay cool I can do it and it flopped like I got like seven people to back me like and I like maybe a week we can have me I just gave up I didn't I just stopped promoting it all together it's like nobody's gonna want this book and sitting back and doing research and and whatever, you know, thinking I'm not going to do Kiss Art again. This, but then, like, coronavirus happened, and everybody was booming. Keanu Reeves made all that money. Boom, comments made all that money. I was like, you know what? You know, maybe I, I can try this again. So, like I said, I was doing research and, and figure out how people are making it on Kickstarter. And what they're doing was uh, doing these interviews and stuff, like I'm doing it, and, and going doing these blog sites and just rubbing elbows with other creators and other uh, bloggers and YouTubers and stuff like that, just tapping in with them and just, you know, talking. And um, that's just what I've been doing. I've been doing that for at least two months now. I don't know if I said it on air or off air to you, but, you know, I treat it as, like like I said, I was in the music industry, so I'm treating this as a radio run, which you would do with... um, a recording artist, you'll take them to city to city or real station, real station, so they can go on their show, showcase their music, you know, and get fans and so in that area. So I, you know, I just treat it the same way. And with that, it helped. Uh, my kid started was funded in ten days. And I met my goal, uh, and my goal was thirteen hundred dollars. As of right now, I'm sitting at maybe twenty two hundred. So I'm blew my blew my um, gold right water and with more uh and with that you know i offer free stuff for backers and other like since issue three people catch up from issue one and two as well so like it's all kind of things i'm offering for this kickstarter and it's been helping it and by just the amount of money i receive and share shows and how people like to hear about my story it has me even more motivated to uh, to go forth, push my story out, and and go harder. So, because I know it's the man for my product. So, uh, with that being said, I say you just gotta network. <laughs> you know, network to your neck hurt. You know, basically, <laughs> you know, because uh, yeah, that's what what it took. Like, just by sharing it, people you know may, may see it, but it won't go. Like, you have to really be involved and and and, and do stuff to make people want to support you or buy your product because uh, just by sharing it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you're doing, it's not going to happen because at least a quarter million other people are doing the same thing. So you got you to make, make it seem like you're working and you you got the, got the great products putting in the best in or even read. Yeah. I, I think that's, you touched on a lot of, you know, important marketing skills, salesmanship, you know, you know, part of salesmanship is the follow up. So not just the flyer, but, you know, hey, did you get the flyer? Hey, what did you think about the flyer? Man, can you write the ask in, in sales? You, you have the ask, right? You can you can give somebody the whole elevator speech and let them walk out the door and never ask them if they want to buy it or if they want to support. 
right? So you know, and they probably would have if you had just asked. <laughs> so so yes. you know. Well, what was a, what was a what was a great time, but I think it's dead now because I haven't been on there. But a great time was when um, when Clubhouse came out. Like it was really like a positive movement. Like it, I was in a, a room in Clubhouse that. It just they want to support black businesses, and all you had to do was go in and pitch your product to people buy. And I had a couple of sales off of that, just, just waiting in line for my turn and, and shoot my pitch. And people was like, "Oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah, what's your website?" And, and it's going by the book. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy though. Well, like you said that's why I brought it up. Uh, following through with these people, said, "Hey, did you like? Did you like the, uh, my book?" A lot of them. I guess I don't know the PPE money or what was going on, but uh, they never responded back like they liked the book or not. They just literally just bought the book just to say they they they, they bought supported black business. It was it was a crazy time, but you know I, I got money off of it, <laughs> so it was not here nor there. But I was looking for uh, active readers or fans more than the money because you know what I mean. I got, I got nine to five already, so I mean I ain't broke, <laughs> but you know I'm not where I need to be at with this comic book at the same time. But I want active readers because active readers and fans is going to support me. Uh, Legacy to view uh, my next series, uh, Boots. You know they're going to support both of them because they're a fan of my writing and my story. They're going to buy the poster. They're going to buy the the, uh, the socks. If I have some socks of, of that character, and so. That means more to me having had to read in the fan than that actual money of my uh, making off my book. Yeah, yeah, you know, long term longevity. You know, having people invested, they're they're invested in you. They're invested because they want to see the next book. They want to see you be successful. So talking about you know successful and longevity, give me give me your honest opinion about the state of indie comics and especially for people of color. I mean, do you feel like you feel like indie comics is is you know where it's at do you feel like it's growing do you feel like it's dwindling do you, you know do you feel like it's big enough for the for the you know the, the good content that's coming out or do you feel like people are, are not still not hip to how how good indie comics are right now um well see i'm not sure on that concept because that word indie you know it, it's treated so loosely in this comic book market so like you can say indie and you'd be talking about, you know, the Walking Dead books, you know, uh-huh. the, the, the Invincible books, you know, they're indie, indie books. Or you could talk about, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, my book, you know, and be independent. So, like, that term is so loosely said in that comic industry, and it's crazy because, like I said, I reach out to people who do podcasts and say they do indie books, but really they do uh, shows on Dark Horse, Image, Boom comments, stuff like that. And in my eyes, that's not indie books. Those are, I guess, major books because they're in the stores, they're getting the, the, the press, and they got other things tied to it. So, like, I think that indie word is too loose. So, when, like, a person wants to support indie comics, they type in indie comics, uh, those things will come up and, and distract them from the real indie comics of, you know, the Kickstarters, the Indiegogo. So, I mean, like I said before, the Keanu Reeves book and the Power Rangers book that placed on a Kickstarter uh, and Scott Snyder's book was also on Kickstarter. That brought light to, to people where the books are can be found at. Because now people know if I want that independent book, they go to Kickstarter and find them. But, like, uh, 
the community wise, you know, the creators and whatnot, I feel it just like it's just well, I at first I thought everybody was like, Yeah, yeah, any comments we're gonna support any comments, you know, no matter what. But now I see it's just like the music industry, like especially with the black people, like the black people was like has been the worst. It's like if I'm doing good, that person over there is hating because they're not doing good and they won't do certain things. So yeah, some black people, you know, has been supportive of you know, you know, uh, they push my book, I push their book type stuff, or I don't have to push their book and it's the support and stuff like that. Um, but it's the same effects in the, in, a, in the in the uh, like in the rap industry, in the music industry. Uh, before this Kickstarter, I, you know, I used to tell people I'm like a white guy in the uh, in the rap industry, just how I feel in the combo industry. But now since I done did this Kickstarter, I'm successful and I'm posting my post my success. I, I feel the same. I don't feel like I'm a white rapper no more. I just feel like it's exactly the same. Only thing different, I'm probably doing pop music, and I was talking to people who listen to pop music. Now I'm going to my black people and be like, "Hey, look, I'm, I made a hit song." They're like, uh, whatever. I'm trying to push my mixtape still. So like, <laughs> it's it's the, it's the same. It's like it's, it's the mentality is the same, and it's crazy because you'll see a post and be like, "Drop your link right here. I'm gonna support this book." And you probably, let's say the person said they're going to support five books, but you got like a hundred comments, people dropping their, their stuff down there. That should be at least 50 sales per person, you know, because everybody's showcasing their work and they need trying to get sales. But nobody else is clicking their links and, and, and checking other art, art, other creators out of anything like that. It, it's just, it's just bad. It's like nobody wants to, to push the issue to come together, you know. Um, Black Sands. He's doing something of that matter right now with his app, but I still think it's a hidden agenda behind it. You know, that's I'm reluctant to uh, be a part of that. But uh, still, I mean, it's something. But like I say, I feel like the hidden agenda behind it because it's still his brand, Black Sands Publishing. That's the app. <laughs> you yeah. got to read his books. You got to do this, and he just so it's, it's more like his fan base like it's just like if i if dc offered the same format you know to put i put legacy view on dc app do the same exact thing people are not going to that app to read legacy the view they're going to that app to read the superman batman books they're not coming there searching for legacy the view and i feel like that's the same effect so well i mean you, you, you touched on a on a lot of things and uh i think uh uh one, you know, if the, the space, the space, if there's something that's not right about it, it's going to take individuals to come into that space and and try different things. I, you know, I'm, I, I was a very similar, similar uh, presentation when I got into the to the the black independent comic, uh, uh, you know, groups and worlds and even even, you know, even uh, more open, you know, you know, not not specifically for people of color, those, those groups. And, and there is, there was like this contention back to what you said about artists and writers and prices. And there was always these, these deep threads about, about, you know, artists, you know, charging and writers and creators, you know, you know, balking at the prices and like just this real contention and, and, you know, people that have books and, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's all their interaction is just dropping the Kickstarter, dropping the Kickstarter. Like, man, like I, I don't, 
know you. <laughs> like, I don't know. And, and I get like, you know, 25, 30 Kickstarter, you know, threads coming up. And and yeah, I couldn't I couldn't possibly support all of them. I'm going to support the ones that, you know, I'm having these these interactions with that I'm learning about that. I, that I, you know, like like you're telling me your creative process and your story, the Southern element right now, I would want to read this. I would support this because I know a little bit more about the creator, the creation, you know, the the uh, the challenges you face. You know what I mean? So so it's more than just a, a Kickstarter coming up on the page now. And I think so few people really give credence to that. And they're just like, I made a book, you know, I'm going to put it up there. You know, why aren't you guys why aren't you guys supporting it? You know, and, and, and like you're saying, you you you've with the one you're successful with, you got out into podcasts and let people know about you a little bit more, let people know about not just, just the Kickstarter, but you know, what's happening in the story. And, and, you know, for the people that are interested, uh, and, and you kind of hook them and they, you know, they, they like your get down. Then, then they're, they're, like you said, they're those invested readers and those followers that, you know, want to see you be successful. But, uh, you, you, you know, there's, there's, all of us have to have to expand the space, I think. And, 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 you know, there's, there's different ways to go about it. And that was the thing that I was, you know, kind of, kind of challenging was there was like only one way to go about publishing. You know, I, I don't, I don't really have a huge, you know, Royal house. We're not going to be doing a lot of physical comics. You know, that's just not our, our, you know, that's not where we, our profit margin is going to be. It's going to be in digital comics is going to be in in you know, merchandising and, and uh, you know video games and, and animation, uh, and I got a lot of blowback about like how I wasn't going about it the right way to end up in a comic book store. Which you know, there's only about two comic book stores in my media. You know, I have I don't see a whole lot of comic book stores. You know what I mean? To to for that to be like my end goal. You know what I mean? That's that's real limiting. But I love comic books and I do want to be in comic book stores. But you know the way I was going about things really got a lot of challenges and, and, and I'm, you know, you really have to stay in your own lane uh, uh, and not get swayed by, you know, the industry. Cause I think, I think indie comics is, has some of the best content out and even like invincible and, and some of these, uh, you know, these ones that have, have gotten more mainstream acclaim, right. They started off as, as, a new idea, a new way of doing it, right? The superhero that's smashing people and, you know, the superhero that's killing people. I'd never seen anything like that until Invincible came out. And I thought I was about to watch a cookie cutter program when I first watched it. And then I started seeing like this blood and gore and like how different it was. And and it started off as somebody's new idea. So I, I do think you touched on a lot of good points. Um, so so uh so tell me tell me how do you think indie comics can improve then? Um, indie comics could improve by, you know, uh, I I don't know, I I was a has some like uh, I I guess a mom and pop publishing company, you know, uh, put something together, uh, uh and put it out. You know, uh, a team of good books. You know, you know, the one like five out of or six of the popular, you know, comic books that's going out right now. You know, they come together and make their own Infinity War type, you know, crossover event. You know, they, you know, 
there's one big straight hair bag but it has all the carrots in there so and it does really good they put you know their teams behind it and it push and make a lot of money but everybody say they're independent and, and it's a good book and then they can do the, the marvel effect you know after that crossover event people go back and read book a or book b book c book d you know and people are like oh man any books are good then they can pinch you off to find books like ours mm-hmm. you know i think that would be a way they, they can improve that way you know some of the people who's making a ten twenty thousand dollars on on kickstarter you know come together and make a super book so or or animation or whatever they come together and do because they got money they got the backers you know they all making twenty thousand dollars you know off their kickstarter they, they all come together they probably make a quarter bill you know and that can that can do some damage you know <laughs> yeah yeah getting that seed money Pulling those, pulling those resources that, cause you know, indie comics, you know, like, you know, even with a small team, right. You're limited on, on what you can produce. Uh, Royal house has a fairly large team. Uh, we got we're 11 people, seven artists, four writers. And, uh, you know, we've only been operating for, for a few months and we have, you know, issue zeros on like five different books coming out. But, you know, I think you're, you're right on just more collaboration and more, acceptance of of seemingly competition but they're you know it's all indie comics we got to be we got to be supporting supporting each other and and you know, sh- you know some like you're talking about sharing resources what i think a lot of people are just a little hesitant to do and <laughs> you know on a large scale about sharing their resource right they got they got their their own thing going but man i i, I think uh, uh it's a good conversation starter about how to improve in indie comics, how to get more black and people of color and different cultures too, not just, you know, black, but, you know, listeners from around the world that are figuring out how to get their, their, uh, uh, culture, you know, content out there in, in a, in a wider space. So really cool, man. Hey, you know, can you, can you let the audience know how to find you, how to support legacy of the view? Um, yes. Uh, if you're hearing this in the next five days, you know, you can go to kickstarter.com, type in Legacy View. Two things will pop up. You want to get the one that says Legacy View, one, two, three. That's my current Kickstarter. You can catch up on all three books right now and get some specialty items that will only be available through Kickstarter. But, you know, listen to this after um, these four days, four, four or five days, you can uh, go to the website. Uh, it's LegacyTheView.com. And by that time, yeah, all three books will be on the website, as well as the physical editions of all three, as well as posters and T-shirts and other merchandise you can um, purchase as well. And some little tidbits that's on the different pages of that website about my comic book world that I developed. Um, but if you don't want to purchase anything, you just want to follow the dream, you can go find me at Legacy The View. That's on Facebook or Instagram. Everything's in the same format, easy to find. And you can just follow it through social media. And that's it. Well, uh, Mr. Thompson, thank you. I, I really appreciate you stopping by. Uh, definitely going to have to follow up with you, you know, as the series continues. And you said you have other series, man. Definitely would love to have you back, man. I, I think that was a really good conversation. And, and, and thank you, man. I appreciate you. 
Thank you for having me on, man. I enjoyed myself. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, uh, guys, we'll see you for another round of In the House next time. Bye.